I hope you'll prayerfully consider uh, supporting the ministry of Love Unveiled. There will be people at the door as, we, as you exit. Uh, what Liz was talking about, we believe wholeheartedly here at Avalon Church, that we serve and worship a God who is capable of changing your life, of transforming you. It is our prayer every time we step inside this building that we might experience him in a very special way and that we would not leave here the same as, that when, we, as when we came in. That's called change. That's called transformation. It's my prayer for you tonight. I am um, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm not so crazy as to believe that you cannot be changed by listening to the voice of a man or a woman. It must be the voice of God that you hear. And it's good for us that he's here. And it's good for us that he desires to speak and reveal himself to you. Pray with me one more time, because I'm going to ask him again to prepare our hearts to hear his voice. Lord Jesus, you're here. You desire to speak to us. I know that there's a lot going on in the lives of every individual here, and Lord, with your power, we can set some of those worries, some of the busyness aside and say, I'm going to give you my attention, Lord. I want to hear your voice. Reveal yourself to us, I ask you again, as I pray in your powerful name, amen. Christmas um, should be fun. Uh, it's sacred, it's spiritual, uh, but it's fun. And so now in our service is the Bible story time with Pastor Dale. And I'm going to ask all the adults if you... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you knew uh, I, was, I was joking. I, um, I remember Christmas as a, as a child, as a young boy being a wonderful, wonderful time. I will always cherish the memories I have growing up during Christmas time. I was in a family of five children. Mom and dad had five children, and we were all very, very close in age. As a matter of fact, my mom had her five children in a six-and-a-half-year period. Now, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, my dad's nickname for mom was Fertile Myrtle. Really, and, um, but I tell you what, it was fun. We had such a great time, especially when we had occasions like Christmas. I'll always remember Christmas. Christmas Eve, all the family was together, and we would have this wonderful, wonderful meal, and it seemed to be a wonderful time of fellowship and interaction with one another. Toward the uh, end of the evening, all of the kids, the five kids, would gather around the tree, and we were given permission to open one gift and uh, after we opened that gift, we would be sent off to bed, and then the adults would, would have their fun, you know, without us. And, of course, we would not be able to sleep, and we would turn and toss, looking forward to Christmas morning. Can you relate to that at all? Have you experienced that in your life at all? On Christmas morning, we would get up, and we did something that's not all that common. We would go into the living room where the Christmas tree was and the five kids would sit in a semicircle around the Christmas tree and the gifts would be distributed and each child would have in front of him a pile of gifts, four, five, six, whatever it was, a pile of gifts. And then we would proceed to open those gifts one at a time. 
we would go around the semicircle and we would, we would open up those gifts. That dad, it was really, really important to dad that we did that because he wanted to know what the gift was and who it was from and he wanted to make sure that we said thank you to whoever that gift was from. It takes three or four hours. But boy, we sure had a good time. And there was something that happened. It's, it happened every year. There was never any exception. As a matter of fact, it got to be a little bit of a tradition in our home. I would pick the gift that I, I, I tried to figure out what was in the box, and I would pick the gift that I thought was in the box, and it would be what I wanted most. Maybe it was a, a football, or maybe it was a BB gun, or, or, or something to that effect, some kind of game that I really, really wanted and I had asked for, and i try to figure out which box that was. And I would grab that box, and I would rip off the paper from that box, and sure enough, the box would look like this is the one I, I'm, I'm waiting for. This is the one I'm looking forward to. And I would open up the box, and in the box would be three pair of Fruit of the Looms. <laughs> Have you ever done that? And my mom would say, you can't, you, it, it, it doesn't matter what's on the box, it matters what's in the box. And you can't ever tell what's in the box. And that became a theme, I mean, at Christmas. We, mom and dad used Christmas to make sure that the kids had clothes for the next year, you know? It was socks and underwear and shirts and everything that we needed for, from school. It's not what it looks like. Became a theme for us at Christmas, I think it's a theme for a lot of us in life. I think about the Christmas story as recorded in the first chapter of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus was like this. When Jesus' mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child, and that child was by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was presented with this circumstance, let's call it a gift box, and the gift box was not very appealing. And he considered what to do with what he had been presented. And it was his idea, it was his plan that he would just throw it away. And God put Joseph to sleep. That's right, throw it away, amen. God put Joseph to sleep. And he says to him, through an angel... Joseph, you have considered this circumstance. You have given it careful thought. You have made your plans. But would you like to know what I have to say on the matter? Would you care to know what my thoughts are? Joseph had figured out that his marriage was over before it had even began. The package was not appealing. But God said this, it's not what it looks like. What's in the box is different than what's on the box. I want to say to you this evening, folks, when God is in it, what seems like the end is just the beginning. 
package doesn't have to be pretty to have a good gift inside. The Bible says that every good gift comes from the Father of lights. We face situations like this in our life, just like Joseph did. For some in this room, it's been a tough year. It's been a difficult year. There have been occasions, there have been circumstances, there have been experiences where you thought what you had dreamed of, what you had planned, was over before it even began. God says, it's not what it looks like. God says, I always have a purpose, and I always have a plan, and I'm always involved. God says, don't fail to open the box. When you open the box, you're going to find what I have planned for you. You look at the box, and the box looks like it's full of disappointment. You look like it's full of, it looks like it's full of hurt. It looks like it's full of brokenness. And sometimes we want to run from the box. We don't want to open the box. And God says, open the box, because in the box, you'll find my plan. You'll find my transformation. You'll find my love. You'll find strength. You'll find hope. Open up the box. I always have a plan. If you failed at anything this past year, you might be guilty of thinking to yourself, I'm just a total failure. God says to you, it's not what it looks like. When I am in it, it's not the end, but the beginning. Circumstances. How we evaluate circumstances, it would be easy for me to to look across this room and, and see people who over the last few years have gone through extremely difficult circumstances, challenging circumstances, disappointing circumstances. It seemed like an end. It seemed like a dead end. But when we submit, when we, when we open the box, when our attitude is, I, I, I want to see what's in store. I want to see what God has planned. God is always faithful. God never fails. And the experience is always one of transformation, of change. It's not always what it appears. What's in the box is more important than what's on the box. And the two oftentimes are different. It's true in our circumstances. I believe it's probably true in our relationships. There are going to be people that you deal with over the next couple of days. Maybe someone that's very close to you. Maybe someone who's in the family. Maybe you're sitting around the table and you're enjoying Christmas dinner and, and, and somebody says something to you that may be a little bit critical. Maybe it even offends you. I want to suggest to you, it's not because they don't love you. It's because there's something going on inside of them that you can't see from the outside. There's no need to retaliate if we understand that this has to do with issues of the heart. It's not what's apparent to us. It's not what we see. What's on the inside is different than what's on the outside. It's a matter of the heart. We see this in the Scripture, in the Old Testament Scripture. Do you remember in the genealogy of Jesus that sometimes the Scripture calls Jesus the son of David? We won't take time to look at the genealogy of Uh, of Jesus tonight, but we know that he came from the line of David. Well, David's story is something like this. The people of God, the Israelites, they wanted a king. And, and, And though God said, I am your king, you don't need a king, they continue to say, we want a king, we want a king, we want a king. And God allowed them to select their king. And you know how they selected their king? They found the prettiest package they could possibly find. Saul, tall, 
handsome, strong, a great-looking package. But what was on the inside wasn't strong. What was on the inside wasn't pretty. What was on the inside was a heart that was not big enough to be a king. And though the package was pretty, the king was poor. And so God sent the prophet to find another king. He sent the prophet to the house of Jesse. Jesse, get all your sons and light them up here. I'm choosing the next king of God's people. The prophet stood in front of each one of those sons. One by one, God gave him the opportunity to see their heart instead of their appearance. One by one, nope, it's not this one. It's not this one. Until he got to the end of the line and there had been no king chosen. And so the prophet said to Jesse, there there must be someone else. Sure enough, there was the youngest son. His name was David. He was out in the fields watching over the sheep. And he was summoned in. And Samuel had opportunity to look at his heart. You see, 1 Samuel 16, where this story takes place, says this, man looks on the appearance, but God looks on the heart. And he saw in David a man who had a heart, a big heart. It was a heart like God's heart. The Bible tells us that he was a man that was after God's heart. Now look, here's the package. David was so insignificant that his dad and his brothers didn't even invite him to the to the ceremony that was to choose another king in other words he was so insignificant to them that he got no consideration as king because they were looking at the package they were looking at the outward appearance but God looks upon the heart I don't know, maybe there's someone in here, maybe because of an experience you had this year, you, you, you feel insignificant. Maybe there are those around you who make you feel insignificant. Well, this message is certainly for you tonight. God's looking for a man with a heart, a heart that is after him. It's really a matter of a heart. God's looking for someone who has a heart for seeking God's heart. So tonight, I ask you this question, how is your heart? Hey, you're pretty. You're a good-looking bunch. I know most of you, you're smart as a whip. But the question tonight is, what's on the inside of the package? The question tonight is, how is your heart? You have to agree with me that we spend a whole lot of time and energy and money managing our appearance and managing and shaping our image. But the question tonight is not what's on the outside. The question tonight is, how is your heart? Few people know better than I that the package can look very religious. You can have the appearance of a very religious person, but your heart at the same time can be dead to God. There would be many in this room that would admit, if you were honest with yourself, that what's on the inside maybe doesn't match what is on the outside. The true condition of your heart is not what people see. A lot of people think, you know what, I, I, um, I got it together. I mean, I'm a, I'm a good person, and I'm a generous person, and I care, and I love and I have a relationship with God. I'm, I, I think I, 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 I'm a spiritual person, but deep down inside you know that 
the heart doesn't match the appearance. If you're here tonight and that resonates with you at all, if you're here tonight and you go, you know what, if I was honest, look, I count myself among them. You know, I, I stand up here on the platform. It's important to me that you be impressed, you know, with preparation and delivery and, and all of that stuff. But what I want you to see more than anything is my heart. I want you to know that I look at you and I have this, this incredible desire for you to experience the reality of God's love and involvement in your life. That's my heart. I, I, I want you to know that God, this Jesus that we celebrate in this season, has the power to transform your life. And there's many in this room, I just believe that, I trust that, there's many in this room who say, you know what, I want Him to change my heart. I want my heart to be to be full. I want it to be honest. I, I want it to match the package. Well, that's what Christmas is all about. We, we learn from the Scripture that anyone who is in Jesus, anyone who is in Christ, has a brand new heart. Old things pass. New things come. He can change your heart. He can give you a new heart. The Bible says that from the heart... The issues of life flow. The real issues. The important issues. It's from the heart that they flow. It's a heart thing. If you're here that tonight and you're thinking to yourself, I want God to change my heart. I want you to know, it doesn't matter how you got to that place. Some of you, you've never had a relationship with God. Some of you had a relationship with God, and for whatever reason, you've kind of walked away, drifted away. Maybe it was just a little bit at a time, but before you know it, you look back, and, and, and nothing in your, re, your life resembles on the inside what people are seeing on the outside. And you need a transformation of the heart. I don't care how you got to where you got. Here's what I know that the Jesus that we celebrate can change your heart. He can do it right now. He can do it in this moment. He does that by faith. He does heart surgery when we believe. I want to give you that opportunity before we close our service tonight. I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we know that you are here. We know that it is your desire to speak to us. I pray that we have had the kind of hearts tonight that we have heard your voice. Jesus, I just want to pray for those who are sitting here tonight and they're thinking, man, everybody thinks I'm doing great, but inside I'm dying. The inside just doesn't match the package. Lord, I want them to believe you. I want them to believe that you are who you said you were. That when you arrived 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem as a little baby, that wasn't the start. But you, in fact, are God. God visiting the earth. You lived a perfect and sinless life. And you died on a cross. You shed your blood 
so that through my faith, faith that you give me, my sin, every bad decision I ever made, can be taken away and I can be restored to God. I can start relationship with God. And my heart is changed. Sometimes our faith is expressed in words. If you're here tonight and you want to express your faith this way, I invite you to, in your heart, pray a prayer like this. Jesus, your God, I believe that. You died on a cross for me. I believe that. You shed your blood to take my sin away. I believe that. And I receive your gift of forgiveness and eternal life through faith. Change me. Old things pass. New things come. And it is through your power, Jesus, not my own, that I will try and live a kind of life that would be pleasing to you. Thank you for your death and burial and resurrection. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.